This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to this week's Off The Record podcast with me, David McCarthy and Keith Jackson as we continue to look at some of the stories behind the stories that have dominated the mad world of Scottish football over the years as told by the men who have been at the heart of them. Today we welcome a man who has been involved in our game for 53 years, I'm sure he'll be delighted to be reminded, as a player for Motherwell and Wraith Rovers before becoming half of a managerial partnership with Jim Jeffries that guided Hearts to their first trophy success in 36 years when the Scottish Cup was delivered to Tyne Castle in 1998. He also enjoyed spells with Jefferies at Berwick, Falkirk and Kilmarnock and had a season in the English Premier League with Bradford City. And he's not finished with the game yet, currently holding down the role of Chairman of the Scottish Managers and Coaches Association. So a very warm welcome to the show, Billy Brown. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great to be invited. Aye, aye, good to see you, Billy. Good to see you. Yeah, I remember when you were a lot younger in the Falkirk Herald there, David. <laughs> we're going to get on to those days. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Um, aye, we go back a that when he had his moustache, Billy? Sorry? Was that when he had his moustache? Oh, no, and more hair. <laughs> definitely definitely more hair. Back, actually, aye. He looked uh, like Mickey Pierce at Only Fools and Horses, that <laughs> one, aye. <laughs> Keys peace. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Billy, we're going to chat about your, your role with the Managers and Coaches Association um, in a wee while, because obviously, you know, it's a, probably never been a more precarious position to be a manager, given the amount of seconds that are going on at the minute. Uh, but we'll get on to that later. We'll, I want to start by asking you about how you and Jim came to pass. Uh, how, how did you become this... Uh, really, really successful managerial partnership. Uh, going back to, I believe it was like Berwick Rangers was your first gig, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, Jim and I were in the same class at the school. It must have been a grammar school. It wasn't the top class, by the way. You know, we were a wee bit further doing the ladder. It was a football class, though. And uh, I got to, Jim went to Wallaford, I went to Pinky St. Peter's, and uh, we went to Must have been a Grammar together in the same class. And uh, when we left school, I went to Hull. You know, I was at Hull for a, a few years uh, as an apprentice, and Jim signed for the Hearts. And when we, you know, I always kept in touch with him. We used to, when I come home in the summer, we used to go down to the borders uh, hunting women. Uh, he actually got, he, he, he met his wife down there, Linda. I met Linda through the ladder. So, uh, but I mean, I and what happened? I was a manager in Musbra Athletic, and Jim was a manager in Galifiridine. Right. And he got offered the job at Berwick by the local butcher in Lauder. You know, he, <laughs> he knew him and he got the job. And he, uh, I went with him and that, that, uh, that was the start of our uh, football relationship and uh, management. It's hard to believe that it's, uh, you know, that, that you had the length of time that you had gone because normally, like, partnerships kind of split up and, like, you know, one guy will go to one club and another guy will go to another club sort of thing. But but you two stuck together right through thick and thin for a long, long time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did, uh, David. And, and you know, I, I did have one or two opportunities that I could have pursued to, to, to be a manager on my own right. But, you know, I, I wasn't that daft. Uh, you know, football, success in football is a very fine line. And uh, Jim and I were successful and we got on well together. We're earning a good living. I was uh, happy in what I was doing. 
and I didn't see any point in uh, packing that into to, to pursue my own, you know, ego, if you like. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to stay with Jim, and, and we had a good working relationship. And the, uh, you know, it, it's sometimes you, you dive into things because you think it's better. But uh, I wanted to stay where I was. We, we did well. I, I, as you know, I, I had my own say in the job. Uh, you know, I did a lot of it, and, and Jim always was in charge, always a manager, but I took the coaching and things like that. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I didn't feel there was any reason to change it. What was it that worked, Billy, about the dynamics between the two of you? Because, I, you know, you know they say the good cop, bad cop thing. Was this bad cop, bad cop, or you good cop, good cop? Because I, I see yeah. a lot of qualities in both of you that I'm thinking, oh, I, there's, there's a little bit about Billy here, and you can know that as Jim could go off on one. So how, how, what about the chemistry? What was it about it that just worked? Yeah, it's just one of these things that happened. But, I mean, you know, we, we both sometimes... We, we had an agreement about football. We had a philosophy in football that we were always going to try and win the game, right? We never set the team up uh, to, to, to draw. We always wanted to win the game, and we had that the same mind with that. But he... Uh, you know, Jim was always in charge. He was the manager, and he made all the final decisions. I was involved in every decision that was made. But, uh, you know, he, he let me get on with what I did day to day. And the, uh, Jim was a brilliant man-manager. He was a brilliant man-manager. The way he handled the players and that. And and I wasn't a bad coach. So the two of us, you know, gelled together very well. And I knew Jim. I knew what he was like. He, uh, it wasn't always a bed of roses uh, working with Jim, as uh, you'll probably know, David. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, he was he was great, and uh, it was just a partnership that worked. It's uh, I was going to say like being married, but I've been married for forty eight years, and uh, yeah, it's a long time. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, and, and the only thing is, my, my wife in forty eight years has never been wrong once. I don't know about you, but yeah, uh, <laughs> very good. But Jim and I's partnership. Uh, was good and it, it just happened. It just gelled together and uh, it worked. So, yeah. so if, if Jim went off in one in the dressing room, did you did you go the opposite way? Did you try and be the, the sort of ice to his fire, or did you go fire fire? <laughs> How did it work? Was was there a sort of routine? No, we never spoke out before the game. But usually at half time, if Jim was going berserk, it was because the team wasn't playing well. And I would follow behind and uh, give them give the players more stick. But uh, you know, you, you you had to work it out. I and mean, we didn't go daft all the time. And uh, when Jim went off in one, by the way, I, I used to cower in the corner because I was scared as well because he was a he was a fearsome he was a fearsome figure. He, uh, you know, he was a big big yeah bloke, Jim, and he. Uh, he was it <laughs> was a frightening prospect, but he, he, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing, and the, the one I remember most, we played the BQ Cup final uh, for Falkirk against St Mum at uh, Fir Park, and we went away across to Spain to uh, prepare for it. So it was a big game for us, and yeah. uh, we were top of the league at the time, really doing well. And the first half against St Mum, we were really poor. And I said to Jim, just as we we're going to dress, I think maybe this is when we need Jay. Have a go, and I went in, and he had Richard Cadet by the scruff of the neck up in the corner of the dressing room by this time, and uh, you know went Kenny Daft and go all sort of down. We were two and a half, two and a half, seven minutes the second half, and Richard Cadet scored. So, and Richard Cadet said that night of the do we had that uh, that's the best doing he's ever had in his life at work for him. So. <laughs> You know, you, you've got to do, you, you kind of just lose your rag. You've got to lose your rag with a purpose. Yeah. Do you, think these, do you think these days, Billy, that that, that kind of management has gone out the door? Because you'd probably find that in, in most professions that if anybody's got anybody with a scuff of the neck, they're, they're hauled up before HR before you know it. You know, the game has changed a bit, is it? No. Yeah, of course it has. Of course it has. Life's changed a bit, isn't it, really? But uh, I, I can't see how a manager could go in at half-time after working with players about picking up at corners and they lose a goal from a corner and the boy never done his job. What you got to do? Pat him on the head and say, hard luck, son, it might be all right next week. The problem is you might not be there next week. You know, so, 
you know, it, it is. I mean, you, you probably, I mean, don't forget, these are isolated incidents. The Richard Cadet's a race, isolated incident. Oh, of course. All the time. But uh, I still feel that managers should, can, and probably do go off and win at half time when things are going well. Well, yeah, it's, a pa- yeah. it's a passionate game, Bill. I mean, we see it from obviously the sidelines, but you know, you can't invest so much time and effort and energy into something over the course of a week and then just accept it. If you, if you just accept a dropping off a standard, you're not doing your job. Nobody's doing their job in that circumstance. No, that, that's right. That's right. And I, I don't believe for a minute that uh, in most dressing rooms, when things have gone badly at half time, that the manager doesn't have a rant and a rave and that. You know, there, there, are times, there are times you've just got to calm it down and, and try and sort out the situation as it is. But uh, I don't think it does uh, any harm to, to really let the players know that they've no followed the instructions that you, you've yeah. worked on all week. Tell us this, Billy. Like, Especially at Falkirk, that's where I first came across you and Jim. Um, I was working at the, the local paper through there. And some amazing names, big names, came through that door when you two were there. You know, um, guys like Simon Stainrod, um, you know, big Davy Weir was a Falkirk boy, but he was there. Yogi, Yogi Hughes, Kevin Drinkle, who had a great career. All worked with, with you guys. How did how did you manage to attract guys of that quality? Especially, especially Stainrod, who's a big pal of Keith's. And you know we all know Sty- we all know Simon. We all know that Simon uh, got a pretty high opinion of himself in a pretty good way. But he has, and but he had the, the ability to back it up. But and he's a lunatic. A lunatic. A lunatic. <laughs> so how how did you manage to get a guy like that? And and how do you manage guys like that? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, Jim had a lot of contacts. You know, he, he was in touch with a lot of agents and things like that. You know, and uh, we, that, that's how we got players. What we always did, we always tried to go and watch the players that we were going to sign. Mm-hmm. You know, which these days, uh, I'll bring that up in a minute, but these days it doesn't happen. But we, we went and watched them, found out about their character. Uh, and, uh, you know, we signed them on that basis. I mean, I know Simon Stainer, Simon Stainer, a fantastic football player, by the way, and he was playing... Mm-hmm below his level, mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> it was a character, I've got to say, but uh, how we handled them, we, we, we just went about our daily job and they had to do what we told them, uh, we try to keep them happy, we try to keep them, you know, uh, as contented as we can, make interest, everything interesting, so we never really had any trouble with the players we brought in, and you know, when you think about it now, uh, David, uh, you know, we, we brought Kevin McAllister back for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. We brought Tommy McQueen from West Ham. Sure. Now, you imagine Falkirk trying to sign a Chelsea or West Ham player now. It would be impossible to do. Yeah. But we didn't have homework. I mean, and, you know, all, all during our spell together, we used to go and watch players. I, I was in England nearly every Tuesday. Watch players. Uh, and all the players that we brought in, we were responsible for. Nowadays, we've got sporting directors bringing players in that might not be any good, and the manager gets to blame for it. Yeah, you know, so we 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 wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have that. We we brought our own players. They weren't good enough. It was our fault. But we done our homework in them. You know, we we got them. We we, we always looked after them. Got them set up with houses if they had families and things like that. And we always liked to have a good dressing room environment, and we made sure. You know. I was a sort of link a wee bit because I was in the dressing room more than Jim, and the uh, I used to keep things going and keep players right. And you know, I, I don't think there's many unhappy players played for us. You know, we try to, to do our best with everybody, and the uh, you know it, it did work for us. But you must go and watch the players. You can't sign players of of stats what they do now. Sign players, you might have a great left peg, you might better run, they might better head the ball. But what happens when he makes a mistake, when the crowd shout at him, can he handle it? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's something that's missing. When I used to go and watch players for hearts, I think, can he play at Tyne Castle when the crowd's getting at him? You know, you've got to, that's something. You've got to go and see them and do that. And the, uh, we did that. And the players we got at Falkirk, when I think back, we had some tremendous players there, great players. They were great. Brilliant. It was a brilliant side to watch, Billy. It was good fun watching Falkirk. They were... Yeah, I yeah. loved it at that time. You knew you were going to get entertained by that Falkirk side. It was 
it was a joy actually. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. We always, we always used to attack. We, we tried to win all the time. A lot of managers just had to draw. But we, we, tr we tried to win all the time. Sometimes naively, I've got to say. You know, some games, you go to Parkhead or Ibrox, you... Uh, but you said you five know, fours against Celtic and all that, didn't you? I mean, there was some mental we did, games. We did. And uh, I remember, you know, we, beat, we, beat, we were in the championship, the second, second tier, the... We beat Rangers in the League Cup at Ibrox. You know, we uh, right. we call McDonald playing and Richard Cadet playing and that. And uh, the the other thing that that we had, we were never scared to back our judgment with a young boy. You know, we we always felt that try to get the young kids through your system and get in the first team. You, you'll win your support over. And you know, when we had a problem, maybe playing a team at Tyne Castle or Falkirk and we're, it was a toss-up between the young boy or experienced boy. If we were at home, we always went for the young boy because we knew the crowd would be behind them. And uh, yeah. we always put faith in them. We, we backed our judgment. Some Sometimes these days, they're scared to put them in because it might, you know, might cost them a job and that. But although, you've got to have faith in your ability uh, and, and, you know, back your judgment. Aye, aye. Tell us this, like, we've talked about Stainrod well, being a big personality. Tell us about Big Yogi, because you took him from Berwick, where I think he was a centre-forward, turned him into a centre-half. And But it was his personality. Did you ever think you could become a manager and all that? Because I was at Falkirk um, in and about Brockville a lot at that time, and Yogi was mental. I mean, there's no other word to describe it. He was just absolutely mental. So <laughs> yeah. tell, well, tell us we about him. We uh, when we got to Berwick, he was actually a centre half, David. He, he, he they signed him from Newton Green Star, and Berwick yeah. didn't have the uh, the money to pay Newton Green Star's fee, so it was just a bit back there. But we, we kept him in, and when we went to Berwick. We uh, Berwick were bottom of the league by miles. So I'll tell you how far bottom they were. We won twenty. We went twenty two games without defeat, and they finished second bottom. That's how far bottom they were. But. <laughs> When we got there, you know, they, they played some decent football, but they couldn't win. So we come up with the idea, and it was when we come up with the idea, let's play like Wimbledon, right? Let's, let's no try and fanny about at the back. Let's get the ball forward. And we thought, who can we put up front that can be a target? And we thought, the very man, Yogi. We put Yogi centre forward. The first three centre halves that played against them went up with facial injuries. Yeah. He, you know, he was fantastic. He, he was fantastic. And uh, we had Ralph Callaghan just playing off him. He was a really good player. And they uh, went 22 games without defeat. And we saw him in Swansea. We got about £70,000 from but some money for Berwick or whatever it was. Yogi is one of the best people you'll meet in your life. I know he's got that thing about him that he's, you know, everybody thinks he's a nutter, which is a nutter. No doubt about it. But he's a good nut. He's a great bloke. He's one of the best people. If there's ever a World War, lads, get in his trench, you've got a yeah, chance. Yeah, get next to Yogi. And then we took him to Falkirk and <laughs> we, uh, we we tried to play him up front. Uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't going to do up front in that level. We put him back to centre half and, you know, we paired them up eventually with Joe McLaughlin and then David Weir and that. And Yogi, Yogi was fantastic. It, 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 the only thing about him, every time he, he had a couple of beers, he, he wanted to take his trousers down and that, you know, and run about. I don't know if you've seen the video, I'm running naked at the back of the warm-up. You know, Aye, when Morris, when Morris uh, Johnson was doing the interview. Yeah, that was the one. But I've got to say that I think I think Yogi's had a really, really raw deal in management. Yogi mm -hmm. won the Scottish Cup at Inverness. Yeah. What an achievement that mm -hmm. was. And he's had a raw deal. And I'll yeah. tell you, if I bought a football club tomorrow, I'd have him involved with it. He's a fantastic lad and he's a he's a really, really caring and nice person. Well, do you know the thing that shocked me just Aye. to go off on the, the thing that's really surprised me was having watched Yogi and Yogi and Joe McLaughlin, they were like the dangerous brothers at the heart of that defence, you know. There wasn't a great deal of kind of cultivated football getting played by the two of them. And yet when Yogi became a manager, he got his team playing in a style of football that you just think, well, where did that come from? It's really yeah. surprised me, but it showed that he, he was a much more of a student of the game than any of us from the outside had given them credit for. Yeah, no, Keith, I thought the very same because we had Brian Rice, you know, who yeah. was a cultured, a lovely yeah, left leg, you know, a lovely football player, only wanted to play football. 
Well, when they went into the management, they completely changed. Yogi yeah. became the boy who wanted to play from the back all the time, and Ricey wanted to get the ball forward. You know, so they did completely change their, their, their views on football, and they, they did they did really well. And they, they both of them, Brian Rice, by the way, <laughs> we're talking about good players. He had a left peg to die for. He was a really yeah. good player, Rice. Absolutely, aye, aye. So in '95, you left. You both left to to join Hearts. Now, for Jim, that was a a coming home, obviously, because you know he died in the Will Hearts man. Everybody knew that. But I'm pretty sure that you're from a Hibs family. So how did that? Uh, so how did that pan out? Well, no, I'm not from a Hibs family. Uh, my my sisters and that were. Uh, I've got three sisters. They, they were Hearts supporters. He, uh, well. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll interrupt you there for a minute, Billy, because uh, Keith and I know one of your lovely nieces, Laurie Ann, who works yeah. in our business, and she's had yeah, that. She has had that Lawrence. That's my that's my younger sister's uh, husband. He was he was a hub supporter. So Laurie Ann's uh, hub's daft. She dislikes hearts with a passion. But, uh, <laughs> You know, when I was a wee laddie getting brought up up the Wimpies in the housing scheme, we used to go every day and uh, it was all Hibs and Hearts supporters. And the, uh, there was one Rangers supporter with a Rangers strip on and they become an outcast to us. <laughs> you know, but uh, the reason I, I went to Easter Road one week in Tyne Castle, the other, and my dad used to take me Easter Road because Billy Wilson, the, the goalie, we knew him and he used to get us free tickets. And that's why I was at Easter Road more often than I was at Tyne Castle. But uh, when you come into football, when I went to Hull as a boy, I, my allegiance is to any football club or the club I was with at the time. Sure. And uh, ending up at Hearts and then going to Hibs, I've got to say it was an absolute dream come true to, to, to be both to be with both clubs. It was. To be with both. I, I will talk about the Hibs stuff in a minute, but obviously everybody remembers the 1998 Cup final, finally winning it, but... But you came, you know, you, you said two cup finals before that, both against Rangers as well. And I remember talking to Jim about this and Jim saying that those games really prepared you, the, the, the kind of disappointments, because one of them you came very close in the League Cup final. Um, and even the, the game where you, you lost heavily, the Scottish Cup final, you were right in that game until Big Russie made a mistake um, and Rangers ended up running away with it. But Jim believes that those two games definitely gave you the belief that you could win the 1998 Cup final? Yeah, I, th I think he was right there. You know, I think the 1998 Cup final come at the right time for us. And it was our, it was our turn. I mean, the, the first the first one uh, at uh, Hamden, you know, we had uh, Gary Locke injured really early in that game. We had to change our system and we were on it for a while. And then, you know, the Gascoins and the Loudrops uh, giving space and, you know, getting on top of their game. We, you know, they won it easy in the end. But uh, I remember sitting in the bath after that game, greeting, you know, Walter and Archie come through with the cup and uh, showed their class. But the second one, the, the, the second one, uh, the League Cup one at Parkhead, uh, we should have won that one. You know, and that was a game that <laughs> I decided, you know, I worked out the plan how to play against Rangers. And the, the plan was to man-to-man -man Ryan Loudra, man-to-man -man Markham, and the uh, play without fullbacks. We played uh, Cameron on one side and McCann on the other and played without fullbacks, went to three centre-halves. And I thought it was a plan that would work. I think we were 
two down after about eight minutes, I think. <laughs> I thought we're in real trouble here. But anyway, scored before half time. The second half, Neil McCann gave the display his life and as good as anything I've ever seen. And we we equalised, and we were all going and going and won it. And then the ball went out, and the, the Rangers referee gave a throw into Rangers. <laughs> they gave it. They gave it to Paul Gascoigne, who went through, and he had done nothing the game and scored a goal. And then they scored again, and we scored late, and we. David Weir, but we should have won the game. We, we, we did enough to win it, but that did prepare us for the, the one that was going to come right. ahead because we knew Billy, at that stage we had a team ready, David. Billy, is that, is that not the game that famously Gascoigne went into the director's box, yeah. the, the boardroom at half time, and poured himself a whiskey to come out for the second? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is the game. And, and as I said, he had never kicked a ball in that game, you know, up to the, the throw-in that was our throw-in, and they, they took it quickly and gave it to him, and he meandered through and, and scored. He was, uh, and, and basically, that's what he did. But that, that, that was the game that had the, the whiskey in him done. I don't know if we should have protested about that. You get him tested. You get him tested, I bet. There's no doubt that, that, that by that stage, we were getting a Hearts team that was uh, capable of winning something and, yeah. you know, we're moving on to the next season there and that, that next season was, was the one. Mm-hmm. Well, the next season as well, before even before the Scottish Cup final, <clears throat> you had done really, really well in the league. You kind of tailed off near the end of it, but, um, I mean, because that was the year, of course, Rangers were going for 10 in a row and Celtic were trying to stop them, but Hearts were right in that for a long, long time. So, you know, you, you must have thought, Especially when you know Rangers had the disappointment of no one in the league. I think Walter had said he was leaving at the end of the season, all that kind of stuff. Alberts wasn't playing in the final, and Alberts had given you guys trouble before. Oh, yeah. You know, you must have felt that yeah, this is this is coming together. We've got a right chance here. Yeah, my biggest disappointment being at the Hearts is that we should all win the league. We we did Taylor. We're not the players a wee bit. But I remember that the, we played a midweek game at Tynecastle, and if we won it that night, we were going to go top of the league. Right. And uh, it was a uh, pouring rain, and the, the referee had spoken to me and Jim before the game. He said, "Pull it off if you feel." He said, "No, no. If we win this, we go top." But we're winning one nothing, and Mother will equalise in about the ninety-fourth minute. So it was a draw, and we went to Easter Road on the Saturday and got beat. We were winning one nothing. I think we got beat two-one. I think he, uh, Kevin Harper he, he scored. I think. He, uh, and that's what cost us it. That that that, that was five points that, that you know mm-hmm. brought us there. So we were disappointed that that uh, we didn't win the league because I thought that season Rangers and Celtic were there for the taking. Yeah, Rangers at that point, Billy looked as if they, it was one season too many, wasn't it? It looked as if the legs had gone, and I think going into that game, the final at Hamden, I think that was the feeling that that. I think their tank looks empty here. Was was that in in your thoughts going into Hamden? Yeah, well, you know that that that, that season we, we had never beaten Rangers. Uh, we thought we were better than them, but we mm-hmm. we never beaten them. And Jim and I went down. Uh, we took the team down to Stratford to get away from the Scottish media that talk up Rangers past cup ones. Keith, you know, and was uh, this we, um, just Gordon Strack? Did Gordon Strachan? Was he involved with that? Because he was at Coventry at the time, wasn't he? It was, his, was it Coventry's training ground down at Stratford? No, uh, no, no. We, we, we trained at oh. a, a, a university training ground. Right. I don't know. I don't know if Gordon uh, had made a suggestion to Jim. But I don't know. But that went down there. I think it would probably be near a good golf course because Jim would go to golf. <laughs> probably. He, uh, but when we went down there, you know, we, we, Jim and I sat on the, the Sunday night and we were pint and we thought, well. If we keep playing the same, we might be better than them, but we're not going to beat them. So we decided for the first time in our life to sit back. We'll start, we'll keep it tight, we'll sit back, and we'll have a go later on. You know, we worked on it all week, get behind the ball, show them inside, show them into our strengths. And the uh, we, we thought, you know, if we do that and we impressed on that and the players all week, and then, you know, we, we'd come back to Tynecastle, had a wee light training session up on the Saturday and Camden, and we felt really confident. And here, after sitting back, and all oh, this thing about us being the attacking team, sitting back, 
we scored after a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, hey, what on earth do we do now? You know, so <laughs> we're at them at half time, we're at them at half time, keep it the same, we don't need to score a goal. We scored six minutes in the second half, <laughs> you know, and then Rangers equalised and it was a, it was a bit of an alamo later on, but uh, we, we certainly had the team to win it uh, and we had the, the, the players to win it and we got our just rewards at the end of the day. But you're right, R- Rangers were on their last legs. I mean, Gas- they'd lost guys- Gascoigne mid-season. Loudrop yeah. had already signed a pre-contract for Chelsea. The good news on the Monday morning was that Alberts was suspended. You know who you're right, it, it was a thorn in our flesh, Alberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we thought, well, we've got a real chance here. And, uh, you know, we did what we had to do and deservedly, deservedly got a trophy. So that's, the, that's the culmination of everything for, for you and Jim. I mean, having gone through so much, having travelled so far, having worked with each other so closely all the way, Billy, did you have a moment? Was there a moment when the two of you sort of realised what you'd just achieved? Was there, is, is there a moment that lasts, a memory that will never go away from that? Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, it, it's probably it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my football career, you know, and the... Uh, and and Jim Jim thoroughly did. Jim was fifteen years a player at the Hearts, you know, and, and from a and, you know he never won a cup or anything there. He was in the cup final. He he Jim played in the cup final where uh, Rangers Rangers scored before the game started. You remember that one? Aye aye. Started off at a minute to three. And Rangers were ahead before three o'clock. Ali McDonald uh, scored. Aye, I remember that. <laughs> he did that. So it was a great thing for us, you know. The, we're putting a lot of hard work and I've done a lot of miles to get the players we got. And the uh, you know, it's something something I'll never forget, and it's something it's a bond between me and Jim that'll never be broken. And uh, I just hope other managers get the chance with their assistant to to enjoy the time that, that Jim and I had at the hearts in that period. Right. So, well, in the dressing room after or, or you know, at a bar or whatever, was there a, just a moment where, where the two of you were able to properly properly reflect on on it, Billy? No, 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 no in the dressing room or that night. Uh, we went uh, we went away to uh, Magaluf on the Tuesday after we had won it and we reflected there. It's hard to remember. Yeah, but we, we did that. We went away there and we had a good time and, uh, you know, as I say, it, it, it was great and we did get on well together as a management team and it'll be something we'll never forget and we've still got a bond between us at the moment. See, as far as um, like what happened next at Hearts, that team kind of got broke up a bit, didn't it? You know, McCann went to Rangers and, you know, play, players did move on. Was that a disappointment? Because clearly you were building something there that might well have been able to challenge the old firm. Yeah, yeah. We were hoping to take the next step, but I mean, within within a, a year or just over a year, we had lost David Weir, we lost Gary Naismith, yeah, we, we lost Neil McCann. You know, as you would say, he was getting on a bit. He, uh, you know, we lost the backbone of the team really. And Colin Cameron then ended up going to, to Wolves, mm-hmm. and and it's very difficult uh, to, to to replace players of that caliber. We, we had worked hard to get them, and it was difficult to replace them. And, uh, you know, the, the club, it's difficult for, for teams like Hearts or Hibs, as big a clubs as they are, to, to bridge that gap between Rangers and Celtic. It's almost impossible. And and uh, we found that, you know, trying to build a new team was very difficult. And uh, it started, the whole thing started to disintegrate. And the relationship, uh, you know, with, with maybe uh, Chris Robinson and that wasn't as good as it was. And... He, uh, part of the ways came eventually. Aye, but I mean, it was uh, some fallback, was it not? Um, you know, when you leave, then you end up going to Bradford City, who, you know, you're, you're then rubbing shoulders and competing against the likes of your Vengers and Fergusons and all that. You, you know, I mean, that must have been some experience for the two of you. Well, it, it, I mean, it, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, every game that we played in England in the Premiership and in the Championship was a full house. Yeah. You know, the, the difference is down there, lads, is that he, uh, if you come for Bradford, you support Bradford. If you come for yeah. Leeds, you support Leeds. If you come for Kilmarnock, you support Rangers. 
you know, <laughs> you know, and that, that's that, that, that's the difference down there. And and I mean, Bradford could only hold eighteen thousand, but uh, it was full every weekend. And we we crossed swords with, with Alec Ferguson and us, uh, Arsene Wenger and all the top uh, venues down there. Uh, and and really, we, we we just about done it. You know, they, they were well adrift when we got there. And the day we got relegated was against Walter Smith at Everton, and we uh, missed two penalties that day. And Everton beat us with a penalty because Everton could have went out, uh, could have went down. No, no, that day, but we would have still yeah. not got relegated at that stage. Mm. And the uh, it was it was Walter and Archie, the buggers, they uh, relegated us. You know, uh, but. It was a great, a great experience. It was a great experience. The, the problem was, I mean, Bradford didn't have the wherewithal to, to, to keep in that league and, you know, they, they dropped after that. But one, player was, you, one player you did have, and I remember uh, coming down and seeing the two of you, and Jim was uh, cracking up about this guy, uh, is uh, Carboni, uh, Benito Carboni. Not because he wasn't a great player, but he was. But Jim always tells me a story about how every single day, Carboni would come up in his flash car and park it in Jim's parking space, and he would go absolutely mental. Do you remember that? I do. I do. And Jim wouldn't like that at all. <laughs> Benny, Benny Carboni was, uh, he was on £40,000 a week plus a car, plus a house. He was, what? Sorry, sorry, Benny. Yeah, he was on £40,000 a week plus a, plus a car, plus a house. And Benny Carboni couldn't run. He, he could hit, kick the ball 50 foot in the air and he would come down and catch it on his heel, but he couldn't run. He, uh, he, he was probably the most overpaid player ever, but he, he did have a lot of skill. But he, at that time, 40 grand a week for Bradford was a big wage, you know. Uh, but, you know, he was he, he did, did not. He was a smashing wee boy, but he was a spoiled wee boy. You know? <laughs> no, no. So you just came back up the road. Um, obviously, you had uh, was that a spell at Kilmarnock? That was right, wasn't it? Oh, it was a spell. It was seven and a half years, David. Seven, seven and a half, half years. years? Good I think it was seven and a half years. Something, wow. something round about that. The first five were great. The last two and a bit were, were a problem. Uh, Kilmarnock was a great club to be at. Uh, we're smashing. We built a good team at Kilmarnock yeah. and some good players, signed some good players there as well. You know, we had one of the, one of the best players we've ever had, Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson was a magic, no wonder it called magic, a brilliant football yeah. player. People like, we had Boyde, we had Nasey, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Colin Nash, Danny Invincible, Gordon Greer. We built a great team there. Uh, yeah. Really good, but a really good team. I love being at Kilmarnock, good club. Right. Uh, I just... We were concerned about them at the moment, but they were a good club. It was a good place to be. Good place Absolutely. to be. Uh, Again, that was a good side to go and watch, Billy. It was, it was enjoyable going to go and watch that command side. Yeah, that was yeah. Our front, our front four. I mean, was uh, Dan Invincible, uh, Colin Nash, Chris Boyd, and Stephen Naismith. And behind them, we had uh, Alan Johnson in the middle of the park, and Gordon Green, and Simon Ford, and Gary Hay. Really, really good balanced team. Uh, and goals, you know, we, we were good, we, we were a good team, and uh, the problem is, it's keeping it going, you know, when you're at a club yeah. like Kilmarnock, doing it season after season, but we did well, we were in the top six, I think every time till the last one, and uh, we got beaten in the League Cup final there as well. Aye, aye. A good place to be, it was a good place to be, they're a good club. And see, when you went back to Hearts after that, was, how different was it, given that you know, your man was in charge by then, wasn't he, Romanov? And uh, yeah, well, yeah. aye, yeah. Well, we knew. I mean, we knew. Everybody went to Hearts at that time. It, it was stupid if they didn't realise they were going to get the sack no long after going. Yeah. But we thought, well, it's it's another adventure, isn't it? It's, it's a great <laughs> adventure. And and to to go back to the Hearts, it was it was great for us. You know, it really, you know, we didn't loved it that much the the first time we were there, and to go back was great. And you know, we, we we got a good team built there. I mean, we actually could have won the league that season. Uh, I remember going to Parkhead on a Wednesday night, you know, and if we won that night, we were going to go top of the league and we got beat 4 nothing. And uh, Romanov is the goalie through the game. 
<laughs> if I had to be for the goal, he would have got beat eight nothing. You know, but uh, going, uh, yeah, the, the club had changed. It changed in a lot of ways and things like that. And there was a lot of, you know, uh, Lithuanian players and things like that. And the, the whole culture was a wee bit, uh, well, ter- no terrifying, but, the, you know, the man in charge was a, a bit of loose cannon. So, uh, but it was good to be back at the Hearts, and, and and I knew what was going to happen. We were going to get a sack, and we did, and, but we enjoyed it. But See, when, was, sorry, Dave, was, was that kind of symptomatic of the change in football over the years? Well, it must have been difficult thinking back to how you had control, you and Jim had control there. By the time you go back in the door, you just know that you're, you're keeping the seat warm for somebody else. You don't really have control. You're not able to manage the football club in the way that you previously were. That must be a difficult thing. And maybe maybe it's a sign of the times. Yeah, it, it was a difficult thing. Uh, you know, but we knew that. You know, we were one of the young, uh, inexperienced boys by that time. So we knew what we were going into and we knew how to handle the, the situation that, that was going to uh, develop there. And we knew, we knew what was going to happen. So we, we, we were quite happy with it. Uh, and uh, I mean, the, the players, some of the players we brought were good. Not every, not every player that came from Lithuania was bad, and you know, mm-hmm. some of them really good. But it was a situation we had to handle. And being at the Hearts was going back to the Hearts was worth it all. To be honest, with you. it was worth it all. Mm-hmm. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So see, after um, after you left there, you it wasn't that long before you were across the city, was it? Um, how did that come about? <clears throat> well, I was only... I wasn't at the job a week at Hearts, and I went, me and I went across to Tenerife for a wee holiday, and the Hibs phoned me and uh, asked me what I was thinking about doing. And I said, well, I'm just going down to the pool at the moment of a pint, like. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I says, you know, I don't know, and said, well, would you be interested in coming talking to us? And uh, And I thought, yeah, yeah. When I come off the phone, I thought to myself, that might be a wee problem. You know, jump for hearts to hips isn't an easy thing to do. Mm. And uh, But I, I did go and meet them. I did go and meet Hibs. And it was Colin Calderwood was the manager at the time. And, uh, you know, the team was struggling a wee bit. And uh, actually, Hibs had approached me one or two times before that. And uh, they, they didn't say to me I had a, I was going to get the job someone happened to call and said I would have a chance to get in the job and I thought it was worth doing and as I said before I was a wee laddie for the Wimpies it was me at heart now I had a chance to go to Hibs and uh, I took it and become Colin's assistant uh, So Stephen Colin, Colin, Stephen, Stephen Colin left Billy, did you think then that there was an opportunity to become the Hibs manager or how did, because Fenland, Pat Fenland get the job didn't he? Um, you know, was there a sense of disappointment there that, that you didn't get it at that stage? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, when, you know, when, when uh, Colin got the stack, uh, I, I was in charge for three weeks, you know, it was a, an international break at the time. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I was, three weeks is a long time. <laughs> uh, but the, the candidates that were in for the job were Michael O'Neill and Terry Butcher and me, uh, and, and somebody else in part, I'm telling, and Pat 
I thought was outside of the, the, the thing. And, and the, the only thing that bothered me was that I had to go for an interview for it. And I said to him, well, why do you want me to go for an interview? Because you asked me to come here in the first place. You must know what I'm all about and what I can do. Yeah. Uh, well, it's part of the process, that's fair enough. And, and when I went to that interview, there was a, somebody, I don't know what his name was, for the board kept asking me, why you never been a manager before? And I explained to him, like I explained to you, that I was working well and I didn't know what to do now. And he asked me that two or three times. And they gave the job to Pat. And I was disappointed. I really was disappointed. I thought I had a really good chance. And at that stage of my career and at that stage of my life, I was ready to take that job. Sure. Uh, and it was a disappointment, I've got to say. But uh, when Pat came, I mean, I was on contract to the end of the season, so I stayed there. Uh, because obviously they want to keep him paying my contract up, and I got well. I got well with Rod Petrie and that. I got well, well. Mm -hmm. So I stayed to the end of the season. There's no many people can see that, brother. <laughs> well, Rod, hi. Well, it was all right with me, and I, I know that. I know Rod's reputation. <laughs> I know that, and uh, but it was all right with me, and uh, that's, you can all take them as you find them, you know. Well, how tell us about the 2012 Cup final because oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a real, real sore one for for Hibs. Um, but you know, for you being so steeped in hearts, having won the Scottish Cup with hearts, to be in the Hibs dugout against hearts as hearts are beating you 5 1, talk us through that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 the problem I had to start with is that. that Jim and I started that season in charge of hearts. Uh -huh. All the players that played that day, it was Jim and I that formed that team. You know, so I, I kind of knew how they were going to play. And uh, it, it wasn't, you know, when, when hearts won the semi final against Celtic, you know, I usually would be up and enjoyed. But when we had beat Aberdeen the, the day before and the. Uh, you know, that's been Celtic. It's got to be a hard final, and I wasn't pleased about that at all. Uh, you know, I wasn't pleased at all. It was going to be. A, I knew it was going to be a difficult time for me, but I tried my best. Actually, I've got to say that I didn't do much at, at Hibs really because Pat brought Liam O'Brien with him. You know, and. Uh, mm. They they sort of were in charge, although I was supposed to be the assistant manager, and and I, I didn't agree with certain things that that, that we're doing. But uh, I was part of it all, so I've got to take responsibilities on it as well. But it was a really difficult occasion, and what made it more difficult is Pat got sent off with about five or ten minutes to go, and I had to go to the front of the dugout, you know, where yeah. all the people shooting at me and that. <laughs> and, uh, it's something I've never ever watched that game. Uh, I don't like talking about it. Uh, I was wanting Hibs to win that day as much as I wanted Hart to win when they, they were in the cup finals, but it wasn't to be. And it, it was <laughs> it was a day in my life that, that I didn't want to go back on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm sure. I wanted Hibs, wanted Hibs to win that day as well. <clears throat> Big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but like, like, you know, you're your managerial career kind of, yeah, went to East Fife and stuff like that, but, you know, it kind of finished no that long after that. I know you were at Cowden Beath with Lockie, but you also, am I right in saying, did you go back and work unpaid for Hearts when they went into administration to help out Lockie? Is that right? Yeah, well, yeah, what happened was, uh, you know, Lockie got the job and he... He was looking for an assistant, but the Hearts didn't have any money at the time, you know, they were in administration, so there was no wages. And he spoke to me about it, and I says, well, I'll, I'll come and do it. I'm not doing anything anyway. And, I'll, and he asked me, he says, you sure? Because I, I want you to come, but I can't give you any money, you know. So I went there, I, and I was doing the job. I, eventually, I did I did get a wage there. Uh, I, I, I don't know how long it was, in, three or four months in or something like that. So I did get a wage, but uh, I, I would have went anyway. Lockie's a smashing bloke, and uh, mm -hmm. we, we're going great together. And we, we actually formed a good team there, and we were, we're really unlucky to go down that season. Really oh, unlucky, because we yeah. just we just about did it. And we introduced a lot of young lads that were good players. 
they got cast aside in the, 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 the coming seasons after that, you know, so... Uh, it was absolute madness. I remember uh, the day that he got sacked, he was announced as a manager of the month. How does that work? Yeah, I know, I know. And, uh, you know, I always remember on Monday morning we had to go there after the, the, the last game on the Saturday and took us one by one, and by one, one by one, and, you know, told us that they were uh, going on a different route. And the route was uh, Craig Levine's route. And uh, I mean, I wasn't bothered about myself, but, you know, I really was, I really was wanting lucky to be kept, you know, because Gary had been a been a football player since he left the school, you know, and he needed a, a, a young family and that. And I, I was hoping that they would keep him. And, uh, and they didn't. He got cast aside along with one or two, the Jamie McDonald's, think people like that who've been player of the year two years since succession you know so it, it wasn't it wasn't done well there's no way to do that kind of thing well but Craig Levine had convinced and Budge that was the route to go around and that's the road she went down. Is that is that a difficult one to you know not just the fact that you were involved at the outset of, of all that change over Billy but then to have an emotional investment in that football club as you do you know how much Gary Locke loves it. Then to sit and watch the way that things, having made this decision, it just didn't go well. It was it was a bad decision. And, you know, anybody that, that's got heart's best interest at heart, that has to be difficult to sit in the sidelines and watch, especially when you know how to do it better. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, to be fair, they, they, they did get promoted that season. Yeah. So you, you can't take that, you can't take that away from them. But, I mean... You know, I felt that, you know, I felt a sense that the supporters weren't a hundred percent behind. You know what the way the team that was playing. You know, Lockie's team, or me and Lockie's team, always try to play in the front foot all the time. And you know, when things changed, the type of football changed. But they did get promoted, and they they did hold their own in the, the top league as well. So you, you can't. You can't say that it was a, a, a abject failure because it wasn't, but uh, I, I don't know if it's what was the best for the club. Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of takes us on to you know like like your role at the minute as the chairman of the, the manager and coaches association, Billy. Like, has it ever been more precarious to be a manager? You look at the the Premiership and like half the clubs have got rid of their managers this season. Um, has it always been that way, or, or you know does it seem more precarious now than ever. Yeah, well, there's only three managers in situ that started the, this season. You know, it's uh, Lee Johnston, Derek McInnes, and that's Pogsaloo. They're the only three that, that, that are still in the job. I mean, Dundee Knight is on their third manager, Motherwell's on their third manager, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, if you keep sacking your manager and he brings his own players in, you'll end up with 100 players at your club. Right. So uh, it is a lot more precarious than it ever was. Uh, managers need time. They don't have magic wands that they can go in and make good players, bad players overnight. I don't think the media's helped it, lads. I, I, I don't think... Uh, I remember uh, you know Keith there writing an article about Van Bronckhorst's deal. And, you know, it, 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 it was a... I don't know how you would feel if you're in a bad position, but I don't think some of the articles are written or Kenny McIntyre on Radio Scotland drools at the mouth when he when a manager's in bother, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I just think that the, the, the human beings that work their backsides off and get no credit for anything and uh, and the blame for everything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's got to get to the stage if the the pies are called in the kiosk in this main stand, the manager will get the blame for it. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, there are, uh, it's, it's unfair what's happened and uh, I don't think it does football any good and I think the good clubs stick with a good manager. So well, you're seeing, sorry, Keith. Jim and you are the kind of living, breathing embodiment of this is what happens if you pick your right guys and you stick with them and you stick with them through that, yes, you're going to have a wobble at some point but pulling the trigger isn't necessarily the right thing to do. 
in every circumstance, but right now it seems to be the, the only solution that's that's looked upon. Yeah, well, you know, obviously your mother will did it, and they got Stuart Kirtwell who's done well, and Aberdeen in it, and Barry Robson's done well. But, you know, that that doesn't work all the time. You, you, you're right, you, you've got to stick by your manager. I mean, St. Johnson sacked a, a Callum there, you know, they're five points above and Callum's got them out at last season and he's won two cups when he was there. Surely they, they should have stuck by him to the end of the season. I mean, I can't. Nothing against Stephen McLean. I hope he's a good lad and I hope he does well. But really, you know, they've got to think a wee bit more about it than that. It looks like blind panic because they're, they're re I mean, okay, they're, they're, they're closer to the trouble than they'd like to be, but they're reasonably comfortable. It just makes with six games to go to make that call... I just yeah. it's, it's beyond. Well, he he's been he's experienced. He 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 was there last year when they were in trouble and mm -hmm. you know got them out, albeit with the playoffs. You know, so is he no the better man to to be allowed to do it again? You know, what was there seven games left? I think you know. But anyway, you know <laughs> what's done is done. And, and the situation Valley at Hearts as well, where you know. <laughs> You would have, I would have thought that Robbie had enough in the bank in terms of credit for, for the job that he's done. It seems a very bizarre set of circumstances around that, you know, your club again. Yeah, well, well, I think what happened there really was see, see whoever sprayed the, the, the message in, in the outside mm -hmm. of the stand. I think that spooked the board a wee bit. Yeah, you know they had demonstrations here when when Craig Levine was there and the the, the uh, supporters wanted them sacked, and I don't know if if they thought the same thing might happen and we don't want that to happen, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, result wise, Robbie's Robbie's done well, he's done well. It was it was never it was never a uh, that popular with the supporters, you no. know. It, I don't know if it stemmed back to. I think it started, you know, when Hearts drew Hibs in the Scottish Cup the year Hibs won it, and they were winning two and a half at Tyne Castle, and Hibs came back and equalised because the crowd felt Hearts Hearts sat back and Hibs beat them in the replay, and I don't know if that's what sort of turned the supporters against them. And then the Barora the Barora thing came up, so, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, the, the support the, there was all the supporters uh, against them. Yes. But it was a, it must have been a difficult one for the board, and you know I, I thought Robbie might have had enough in the bank to see it through, but he didn't. Right. Right. Just finally, Billy, because it's, it's been a cracking hours conversation, so thank you for that. But just finally, mm -hmm. like I think you're maybe seventy-two. Am I right? You're right. Uh, Right. Well, you're three years younger than Roy Hodgson, who's still managing in the English Premier League. So, uh, do you still get the itch? Do you still want to go back into it, or are you now quite happy doing what you do? Yeah, I was saying that to somebody the other day that that uh, you know we're younger than Roy Hodgson, but uh, <laughs> you know I, I don't know if things have changed that dramatically now, David. That, that you'd be seen as a dinosaur going back there. Uh, I've got my three grandsons in the house here with me. Uh, I, I coach Musburra Windsor 2010s that one Brilliant. of my grandsons plays for. Yeah, well, it's the hardest job I've ever had in my life, lads, let me tell you. <laughs> it was easier to handle Stan Collimore than it is trying to handle some of these guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I don't know. Who, who knows? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm football daft, to be honest with you. I go to, I'm an ambassador at Tynecastle. I go to all the home games there, and I was at Easter Road on Saturday, watched the derby and that. Uh, so, you know, my, my, my love for football hasn't diminished. Uh, and I wish I could get a job somewhere, but I don't think that'll happen now. No, no. But it says it sounds as if you're you're struggling too much there, Billy, so it looks as if you're quite happy with your lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just looking at my, my, my dog's been sitting there out the back there. Oh, he's waiting for a lot of time. And the, uh, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope I just hope all the managers, they, they, I hope they get a chance. And, you know, 
Uh, my main aim is, I mean, it was Alec Ferguson, Bill McNeil, Alex Smith, he, uh, and Jim McLean had started the managers and coaches. And it's a hard thing to get because managers, he, uh, you know, got more interest than trying to be a, a kind of union. But if we can get all together, uh, I'm going to come at Hamden. It's the only way we'll change certain things. And uh, I just hope that all the managers uh, get a wee bit of luck. The same luck as Jim and I had. Right. Brilliant. Well, that's a fine way to end it. Thanks, Thanks very much Billy. for your time, Billy. I really, really appreciated it. Uh, it's been a great, it's been a great hour's yeah. conversation. Well, it's been a pleasure, lads. And uh, I get the daily record. In fact, I've got the daily record in front of me here and now. Good uh, on you. I qualify for a free one. <laughs> 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 we might organise that for you. Right. Thanks very much, Billy.